You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. And Lord Jesus, thank you for being in this place. Um, God, thank you for, for meeting with us and being with us. Um, God, thank you that you are the place that we can always go, um, the place that's stable, the place that's confident, the place that we find our strength and our courage. Um, God, speak to our hearts this morning um, as we just find freedom from our past. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so we finish our, we finish our uh, haunted series uh, this week, and we kind of put a nice big bow on it. And I know for a lot of us, it may have been a tough series. We talked about some pretty heavy things, and today's not going to be any different. Um, the first week, we, we dug into um, what happens when, when hurt has come to us. It's caused by other people, and how do we deal with that in those places? Um, last week, Shannon shared her story um, and this place of what happens when life just breaks your heart and crushes um, what you thought was 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 real and what you loved. Um, and then this week, we're going we're gonna to change it up a little bit. It's still going to be a little bit difficult. Um, but we're going to talk about what happens when you're the sinner. What happens when you're the one that caused the destruction and the pain uh, to relationship and to our relationship with God. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Matthew 26 today, starting the verse 69. Mike lied to me. He said, Josh, it never happens to you when you have the pack on. It's happening to me now. <clears throat> I just checked it. Um, sorry, got distracted. Let me give you some background on this verse, these verses. So um, this is, these you probably heard around Easter time. This is a story of, of Peter um, towards, towards the end. All right, come on. Uh, towards the end uh, of Jesus's life. Um, but right before we pick up in these verses, Jesus has just spent time with his disciples at the Passover meal. Um, this is where we, we get that ele- those elements of his body and his blood um, being shed for him. He also has this conversation with Peter where he says, hey, before the crow, uh, uh, before the rooster crows, sorry, I was like, got the words there. Uh, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Jesus like, or Peter's like, absolutely not. There's no way I would ever, I would die with you, Jesus. And that's where we pick up in this story. And I think it's important to know if if you don't know the the dynamics between Jesus and Peter is like, this is Peter. This is one of Jesus's right-hand guys. He's been with him since the very beginning. Um, He's he's one of the three that Jesus took to some of Jesus' most intimate moments here on earth. This is Peter. And Jesus is arrested He's taken to his accusers in the courtyard, and this is where our verses pick up in verse 69. The verses will be on the screen. Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him. You were with Jesus of of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before all of them. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. When he went out, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, When he went out, then he went out uh, to the gateway, and another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath, I don't know the man. After a while, those were standing, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. And then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. 
Immediately a a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. He went outside and he bitterly wept. I think there's, I think for all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, there's been at least one moment, probably multiple moments for all of us, when we've just stopped in our tracks and we just say to ourselves, what have I done? And that's what Peter's saying here. Though he was warned about it, he didn't think it was possible. He just denied his, his Messiah, his Savior, the one that he's been following for three years. And we often find ourselves in similar situations where God has specifically said something to us and we've just said, no. Or in the midst of a, a relationship with, with others that, that we've caused harm and destruction and we've caused pain to them. And you come to this moment where you just go, what have I done? And maybe it's not the mo- like that moment in time like Peter. Maybe it was a couple years down the road and you had some realizations and, and you watched it play out and you've looked back. But we all have these regrets where we go, what, what have I done? I've harmed, destroyed, and blew up these relationships, these situations, these moments with God. And we could be all over the place. But the truth is, we all have these I, what have I done moments. Like that's one thing about humanity, one thing about humans, is we all come to this place where we've all sinned, we've all caused destruction, we've all caused harm. And I think oftentimes when we find ourselves in these places, this is where the enemy jumps in. The enemy uses other people. He speaks it to us directly. He brings up situations where it brings up these emotions and these feelings again that that tells us we're bad, that tells us we're screw-ups, that tells us that God hates us and he's angry with us. It reminds us that, that God's still punishing you. But none of those things are true because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this story. Though we can all feel this, this regret, this angst, this what did I do moments, this is why Jesus goes to the cross. Before we get to our, our other verses in John, at the kind of the closing of this, this conversation that Jesus has with Peter, there's a lot that happens. What we easily forget, we, we could just jump from this story of, 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 G, of Peter denying Jesus all the way to the moment where Jesus just restores Peter. And forget about the moment in time that changed the course of history. Because Jesus did take his last breath. And he took that last breath on a cross. He spent three days in a tomb. And then he conquered death. We call it the resurrection. This is the foundation of Christianity. This is what makes us us. The the, the death and resurrection of Lord Jesus. And too often we forget it. Too often, we don't let the power of what just happened in that moment transform our view of ourselves, our view of our, our futures, our view of how we interact with other people. We miss it. But let's, let's go back to, to where Peter is sitting. He says he went outside and he bitterly wept. If you're taking notes, this is point one. We all screw up. We've all sinned. That's the reality of everyone in this room. Sure, to varying degrees, right? 
But at a varying degree, it's probably not a game we really want to play because the reality is any degree of that game, we've caused hurt, we've caused destruction, we've caused harm to our relationships and to with our relationship with God. We've created the separation. Sin entered the picture and it's now created the divide or a gas, a, a, a chasm between us and our creator. We've all screwed up. And we could probably go around the room and tell stories. Right? If this is one this one time I did this to this person, and this other time I, I caused this type of harm to this person, and there's another time that I had to go back and apologize for this. And it, it's really easy to get in that cycle and beat ourselves up. What could God ever do with me or use me? He knows my past. He knows what I've done. How could God ever use me? He knows the thoughts that run through my head. God couldn't use me. But when we get into that spiral, we get in that mindset, we forget the power that exists at Jesus' death and his resurrection. That he, he, didn't, he didn't start a new book. He closed one book and opened another. It's a brand new start. Then we come to, to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And what I mean by that is you call Jesus Lord and you believe in your heart that he died and rose again. That's a saving knowledge of who Christ is. He's now your Savior and your Messiah. When we get to that place, the story is new. Paul likes, it. Paul likes to use the, the illustration that I'm a new creation, that the, the old is now dead and gone, and it's now a, a new version of me with Jesus that now exists and moves on. Everything changes. And the reality is, oftentimes in church, we don't embrace that fact. Because when you sin, we like to point at the sin. We have to make sure you know you're in the wrong and you did evil. The chances are you probably do know. But what we miss when that, when that mindset kicks in in the church community is what Jesus did on the cross. If you're taking notes, I want you to write, I want you to write this down. None is more gracious than my Lord Jesus. None is more gracious than our, our Lord Jesus. Paul wrote to the Romans in a letter, and he famously said, that God so loved you, that God loved you so much that you were still sinners he still went to the cross for you. When you were spitting in Jesus' face saying, my way is better. When you were choosing to live in the flesh and, and live by your desires and your wants, Jesus still died for you in that place. Like there's no one more gracious. And I think if we truly embrace that truth of who Jesus is, it has this power to radically transform how we view and move on in this life. It has this ability to give me a confidence and a strength that even when I screw up, even when I fail, I can get back up. And that brings us to our next set of verses in John chapter 21. And this is a different book, a different account of what happened, but um, same story still playing out. In John 21, starting in verse 15, Jesus had now been, now has died. He's now been resurrected. He's now with his disciples again. And there's this conversation that Peter has with Jesus. Verse 15, when he had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Talking about his disciples. Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, 
take care of my sheep. This is verse 17. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? You know, at this point, Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him three times. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said, feed my sheep. Here's the reality. Jesus didn't have to have this conversation with Peter. He didn't have to circle back around and have this conversation with Peter. But our Lord Jesus is gracious. And he knew this, was, this would be a decision that would hang over Peter's head. So he wanted to bring healing and restoration to this place. There's a reason he asked the question three times. He asked it three times because he, had to res- he wanted to restore Peter. Not because he wasn't forgiven already. Jesus went to the cross. He was forgiven. But he didn't want the enemy to use this as a tool to tell Peter, you're not enough. For all the things that God wanted to do through Peter in the church of Jerusalem, and as that spread out, it could have hung over his head. I know plenty of pastors that have made poor decisions in their lives or have had harm done to them, and they just got stuck in that place. And the same is true for all of us. It's easy for us to get, to that, get stuck in that place of like, look at what I've done. Look at, look at the harm that I've caused. God could never use me. He would never want to use me. And God is telling you, just like he's telling Peter, do you love me? You could hear it back in him. of like, I love you. Do you love me? He wants to bring restoration. That's the type of God that we serve because he is so gracious. Here's the beauty of Christianity. Here's the beauty of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Here's the beauty of Jesus' graciousness. And write this down if you're keeping notes. No matter how many times I fail, I get to get back up. No matter how many times you fail, you get to get back up. There's always another chance. There's always another chance to be used by God. There's always another chance to, to see restoration in your life and in life to others. There's always another chance that there's nothing permanent that happens in this life because Jesus went to the cross. Like, let that sink in for a second. Because the world, and even at times, the church tells you the opposite. You don't deserve this. You've made too many poor decisions. You're done and over with. Who would ever want to to follow you? Who would ever listen to anything you have to say? Who would ever even want to be around you? We know what you've done. And Jesus is simply saying, do you love me? Because I love you. I think it's important to hear this today. No matter your past, no matter what has happened, no matter where you're currently at in your current situation of life, God's not punishing you. That's not what our good God does. Don't get me wrong. Judgment is coming for all of us. That's a reality of humanity. But in this life, if you know Jesus, you've already been forgiven. When I get to before judgment, it's simply saying, I know Jesus. He's my Savior. And Jesus goes, that's my son. That's my daughter. He's with me. It's like waiting in a nightclub. And not that I've ever waited to get in the nightclub, but Peter has. Uh, and you wait, I don't know if that's true. I just <laughs> thought I'd throw Peter under the bus in the moment. 
But it's like waiting in the big old line to get into a nightclub. I've seen movies. I've seen Night at the Roxbury. Mm, I'm sorry. Um, but it's like, I was going to do the dance and then I decided that'd be dumb. Um, but it's like Jesus pulling you out of line and saying, let's go this way. He's taking care of it. <coughs> because of what he did on the cross, because he conquered death, he's taking care of it. Paul tells the Philippians in, in the church in Philippi, I read this just this morning. He says, it's one thing I focus on. I no longer look to the past, but I look ahead of what's to come. We all have a past. We all have decisions we wish were different. We all have moments in time where we've told God, no, I'm going to do it my way and what I want. And we've suffered the consequences of those decisions. But God's not done with you. It's not over. And that's the type of culture we want to build at Hill City. Because we want to take the approach that Jesus takes. And we want to be gracious people. Now the question in the back of your head may be thinking, what happens if someone t- abuses this? Right? Well, well, well if, if that's the option, then I'm just going to keep living my life as, as, as I want to live it. And here's the answer. They can. It's true. This is why Paul says, should you keep going on sinning? Absolutely not. Because you have an option to. Jesus' sacrifice is greater than those sins. If he is your savior, it's taken care of. Now, what do you miss out on? Miss out on the full life that Jesus has for you this side of heaven. A life that matters, a life that makes a difference, a life that impacts others' others' lives. And our life starts to matter. We miss out on that full life. But it's an option. Or maybe you're sitting there going, Josh, I I think, I I know that Jesus forgive me, but the people in my life haven't forgiven me. They hold it against me. They, 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 They keep it over my head. Okay. Be gracious to them as much as Jesus has been gracious to you. They may get there. They may not. You may be able to help restore the relationship. You may not. But you're forgiven. You can move forward. It doesn't hold you back. It doesn't ruin the life. It doesn't keep you stuck. I get to get back up and try again. Make your amends. Ask for forgiveness. Do all those things, but it's their decision to forgive or not forgive. If this was a sermon about forgiveness, we would, we would talk about how important it is for our own sake to forgive others because, it, it, because not doing it holds us in that place. But this is about you. The the accused, the sinner, when we're the ones that cause the harm and the destruction. In those moments, we show graciousness. We see it from their perspective. We get it. But we also don't let their mentality or their mindset of me change me. I'm forgiven. I get to get back up and walk with Jesus. Whether they remind me of it day in, day, in, day out, it doesn't matter that I'm forgiven. It doesn't matter what they say. My gracious Jesus has forgiven me. That's why it's so important we find our identity in who God has called us to be. No matter how many times you fail, you get to get back up. Thank you, Jesus, for your gospel. Thank you that this is an option. No matter what your past holds, God still has a plan for you. He's forgiven you. Move on. Keep going. Don't let all the things the enemy is going to throw at you, and he will. 
He'll tell you how bad you are and how much you suck. And the reality is some of those things are rather true, right? I'm pretty bad. I suck oftentimes, but my Jesus is bigger and my Jesus is better. And I get to walk with my Jesus. If you're sitting here and you find yourself in that place where you're thinking to yourself, like, I I can't forgive myself for this. I can't let this go. I would start talking to Jesus about it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start it today. Talk through the situation. Talk through it from the very beginning to the very end. Talk through how you felt in the midst of it. Let it all out. But Jesus can handle it. He wants to walk you through it. But I think so often we just don't want to acknowledge those things in our lives. We just kind of baggage them up, shove them back, and hope they never show their head again. But that's not dealing with it. That's not giving it to Jesus. That's just trying to take care of it on my own and shove it in a back closet. But have that conversation with Jesus. And it may just start as, as Peter was in just weeping of tears of Jesus. I'm, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. But keep going. Keep trying to get the story out. Talk with Jesus about it. Because here's the beauty of what God can do. Even in our worst decisions, in our ugliest sin, Jesus can use that for restoration in our lives and in the lives of others. No matter how many times you fail, because of Jesus and his gospel, his death and his resurrection, we get to get back up and try again. This is the beauty of the gospel. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you. God, more than anything else, as you've been teaching me this lesson of your, your, just, your goodness and your graciousness in my own life, God, thank you. God, thank you that our past mistakes and our past screw-ups and our past sins, they don't define us that the enemy can, can shove it and he can get off our backs, that he has no place here in our lives because you've taken care of it. And when those we've harmed don't want to forgive us, God, give us great graciousness, the graciousness you've given us to give to them. God, and if those are sitting in this room and they're holding on to, to past mistakes and thinking that you've forgotten about them or that you don't love them or you're still punishing them because they haven't learned their lesson. God, we know that's not who you are. That's not the good God we serve. That's not the gracious God we serve. That's not the great God we serve. God, that you deeply love them. God, that in the midst of them making the decisions that they made in the midst of their sin, Amidst the moments where they told you no. Amidst the moments they caused destruction to relationships. That's when you went to the cross. That's when you died for me and died for them. God, let that truth just penetrate our hearts. Let us be reminded the power that exists inside of your death and resurrection. The power to transform and change not just our lives, but the lives of us around, those around us. God, because if we fully embrace this, this graciousness that you've shown us, we'd want everyone to know it. 
that I'd proudly share the, 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 the mess-ups of my life so I could proudly share, God, the, the ways that you showed up and you restored. God, let us be a people that carry this gospel message regardless of our past to those we come in contact with. God, I just think of Paul's word, word, words as he called himself a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was the perfect rule follower. But he went after your church. He tried to destroy. He tried to cause harm. And God, even those that were directly in violation of you and actively fighting against what you were trying to start, God, you restored him. That you gave him greater purpose. You forgave him. God, there's no sin we could commit in this life that your forgiveness can't cover. There's no sin we've committed in this life that your grace is not already taken care of. We get to serve you, a great, gracious, good God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.